All right. Well, good morning, everybody. How we doing today? Come on, look at somebody next to you. Tell them you make our row look good. Tell them. Come on. Let's get some compliments out today. You make our row look good. Hopefully, if that was your wife, you gave it to her. Um, <laughs> glad you're here. Welcome to our Savior's Church. If I haven't had a chance to meet you, my name is Pastor Josh. And uh, so excited to be here today and uh, all that God is doing in Crowley. Hey, I, if you didn't know this, if you're maybe new to our church or um, don't keep track of kind of our dates and all that, this weekend is Crowley, OSC Crowley's five-year anniversary this, this weekend. Yeah, we celebrated five years. So we're going to be working on putting together a little celebration to, uh, to honor that and celebrate. And man, just thankful for what all God's done over the last five years and We've moved places, but come on, how many know the vision's still the same? We're still reaching people, building lives five years in, and uh, believing that God has some great things for us. Um, when you walked in, you should have received some notes as you walked in today, and uh, we'd love, come on, wave them at me if you got them in there. All right, there we go. Come on, now get my preach on, just wave it at me, okay? I know, let's just get it. Uh, you can follow along with that there in your notes. Um, we also have them on the screen for you if maybe you came and didn't have your Bible. We're going to be in Acts chapter 3 today. If you do want to turn there, um, just so excited about this series. This has been, actually has been one of the longest series we've done in a long time, um, but we're doing a book study through the book of Acts, and uh, we've called this series Activated, and we're looking at what does it look like to be an activated church, to be a church that's not just passive, a church that's not just one where, that we just attend, but a church that's really active uh, in our lives, in our families, in our workplaces, and in our city, and our community. And we're kind of starting to make a shift in the series where a lot of the beginning of the series was a lot about us and a lot about um, where we are and, and our holiness and our uh, need for the Holy Spirit and prayer and all of these things. And now we're starting to make a shift as we're coming to the end of the series, talking about what does it look like to be a really an activated church. Last week, um, Pastor Bubba shared about the, an activated church as a spiritual family. We've been talking about this idea of being a family and what a family looks like. And today, uh, the title of today's message is called 3 p.m. Christians. 3 p.m. Christians, you'll, you'll understand that in just a moment. Uh, we'll get into that. But before I do that, how many of you love Sundays? Like you love coming to church on Sundays. How many of you, okay, just lie to me even if you don't. Okay, I need, I'd be like, no, I don't. Actually, I hate being here. Um, my mom drugged me here. Uh, I'm glad you're here. Uh, I love Sundays. I love Sunday mornings. I love getting all that. I don't know if you know this, though, but statistically, Sunday afternoons are people's most dreaded days of the entire week. Uh, they actually have a name for it. They call it the Sunday Syndrome. Um, it's when you start getting into this mode where you realize Monday's coming. Come on, how many know what I'm talking about? Like the weekend's over, okay, our, all the games are over, and now we've got to actually get back to work, you've got to get back to, to life, and the music that we listen to and a lot of the movies that we watch, everything kind of celebrates the weekend. Everything moves towards the weekend. We're working for the weekend. Um, everything's going to the weekend. But what ends up happening is we celebrate the weekend so much is that we get into this mode. We're like, oh, God, here comes Monday. Like, it's coming. I got to start back all over again. And uh, there was a survey that was done that 50% of the working population claimed to dislike their jobs. 50%, one out of every two uh, claim to not like their jobs. One out of six people, think about this, one out of six people think about quitting every week. <laughs> I think it's higher than that. But anyways, um, you, you're going to, 
you're going to work a job, you know, most of us in here are probably going to work a, a 40 hour plus a week job. Um, you're going to do that and you're probably going to do that for probably at least 40 years of your life, give or take. Uh, my thing is, is I, I don't want us to give our lives 40 hours a week for 40 plus years to something we hate. And I think that God is just as much interested about your Mondays as he is your Sundays. And so uh, I, I want to talk about that today because at the end of the day, what happens in here on Sunday should change and impact the way we live on Mondays. And I think that God can even redeem your Mondays to where your Mondays are not the most dreaded days of the week. Now, we're going to catch up to a story here in Acts chapter 3. Um, Acts chapter 2 is probably, next to the death and resurrection of Jesus, the most historic moment in the church ever. Acts chapter 2 was the most amazing church service there ever was. It was when the Holy Spirit came down and filled his church, and it was like, you know, people will have, you know, after a, a Sunday, they'd be like, yeah, that message is on fire. Like, they literally could say that. There was fire, because there was actually tongues of fire. Um, you'll get that in a little bit. And so um, this was the type of church that was just, I mean, just an amazing service. It was awesome. It was incredible. Here's the question, though. What happens after the amazing service? Like, the next day, the Monday. How, how does that go? Acts chapter 3 is the next day. It's the Monday. And I don't know if you realize this, but your Christianity better work on Monday and not just Sundays. Like, it's got to work on Mondays. And so Acts chapter 3 is where we start. And so if you're, um, if you're following along, you want to pull out your notes, I want you to read this along with me. We're going to read, read eight verses and read the story. This is probably a familiar story to, to many of us. It says, as Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part, here we go, in the 3 o'clock prayer service. So this is where we're going to get this 3 p.m. Christians. The 3 o'clock prayer service. As they approached the temple, a man lame from birth was being carried in. Each day he was put beside the temple gate, the one called the beautiful gate, so he could beg from the people going into the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. Peter and John looked at him intently, and Peter said, look at us. The lame man looked at them eagerly, expecting some money. But Peter says, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, get up and walk. And then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. Verse 8, he jumped up, stood on his feet, he began to walk. And then walking, what's the next word? Leaping, Leaping and praising. praising God. Who grew up in children's church and you sing that song? Anybody know this song? Walking, leaping, and praising God, he went into the temple with them. This was, Acts chapter 3, the very first post-Jesus miracle. So after Jesus' uh, death and resurrection, this is the first miracle that we find <coughs> after his death and resurrection. Acts chapter 3, the story of a lame man being given uh, new legs. And so if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down because this is so huge for us as we get into this message today, and that is, in an activated church, the miraculous is usually wrapped up in the mundane. The miraculous is usually wrapped up in the mundane. 
the Monday grind, the Monday normal things, usually a lot of the miraculous things that God wants to do is wrapped up in those moments. Now, here's what happens. So Acts chapter 2, awesome, awesome service. Acts chapter 3, what do the guys go do now? They do the exact same thing they've been doing every Monday. Guess what they've been doing every Monday? At 3 o'clock, they go to prayer. Now, Peter and John were good Jewish men, and so they followed along of the Jewish traditions. Even though Jesus had saved them, Holy Spirit was living in them, they still did some of the traditions of the Jewish people. And, of course, one of them was for 3 p.m. for them to go into prayer. This is what I call 3 p.m. Christians. What I mean by that is what happened on Sunday, it impacted Monday, but they just went right back to doing the same thing that they did every day. They went right back to the same thing that they did every day. And I love what A.W. Tozer says. He says it this way. Watch this. If you can't worship God on Monday, then you didn't worship him on Sunday. If you can't worship God on Monday, then you cannot worship God on Sunday. And oftentimes, we look at Sunday as these big, huge things, and we don't realize that God, some of God's greatest work is in the mundane things. Like tomorrow, you got to like get back to like washing clothes again and taking care of your kids again and going to work again or going to school again. And it's like, okay, God does this stuff on Sunday, but Monday's my week. Mine, mine the rest. I, how many of you know God is not a segregated God? The same God you worship on Sunday is the same God who wants to help you on Monday. And let's be honest, if what we do on Sunday doesn't impact what we do on Monday, we're wasting our time. This is what God is calling us to do. And oftentimes, God's most supernatural things happen in the natural things in our lives. So I want to share today uh, three thoughts from this story of how God can use our mundane Mondays to do miraculous things. So if you're taking notes, I want you to write this first thought down. Number one is in order for us to see miraculous things in the mundane, we have to open your eyes. Open your eyes. How many of you here, by a show of hands, wear glasses or contacts or something? Man, good. We got a lot of blind, pe blind people. Okay. Um, yeah. I went into, I remember the very first day that I went into the, um, the optometrist to go get my eyes checked. It had been years uh, since I had gotten my eyes checked, but one of the things that I started noticing was that while I was driving, I couldn't see um, the, the street signs. Like they were starting to get, I was starting to ask, you know, what does that say? It was that, and so I went into an optometrist, and, you know, you get in there, and, uh, and they get up all up in your grill. Like, they put that thing on, and you're looking at and they're, like, right there, and they're, like, hello. You know, you're, like, tic-tac, please, get on my face. I mean, this is, like, you know what I'm saying? And they're, like, they do the little things where they start clicking all the stuff, and they're, like, A or B, A or B. Is it left eye, right eye? What, you see this? You see this? And, you know, you're going through it, and you're trying to get which one looks better and all that stuff, and you know, so the, the, the doctor walks out, and he walks back in, and he says, all right, I think we know what's going on. He says, you're nearsighted. I said, well, you're wrong. I said, because I can't see those signs that are far. He's like, no, no, no. If you can't see far, it's called nearsighted. I was like, this is jacked up. Okay, this is, I mean, who goes to a doctor where they say, like, you know, you got knee pains, and he goes, your arm's broken. Like, that's, that's like, weird. Like, no, my knee hurts. Like, why are, why can we not call it what it's supposed to be? Anyways, needless to say, I am nearsighted, which means that I cannot see far. And so they, you know, figured out what the prescription was that I needed. And I remember the first time that I actually put on glasses. And how many remember this day? Like, you put them on, and you're like, oh, my God, that's a tree. I thought that was, 
like, that was a bush. Like, you're starting to see things in finer detail than ever before. You're seeing things clearly than ever before. You see colors like you've never seen before. I mean, all of these things start kind of coming into kind of a, a 3D image for you because what you didn't realize is that you were, you, it was blurry for so long that was normal to you. That was normal to you. This is what happens. Now, watch this. This is, this is the power of opening your eyes and realizing actually even what God does in our lives. So this story tells us that every day, these Jewish men would go to prayer every day at 3 o'clock. The story also tells us that every day this lame man was brought to the temple every day. So here's the question. Ready? Had Peter and John seen this guy before? Yes or no? Well, based off of this, yes, they would have. They would have seen him before because every day he got put at the gate and every day they went past the gate. Every day they went to the temple and every day. So here's the question that I want to pose. Why all of a sudden, if this man for majority of his life has been brought to this temple to go lay down, why on this day did they notice him versus every other day where they hadn't? There's only one thing that happened that can say that this is the reason why all of a sudden they notice a lame man that they've seen probably for years. And that is Acts chapter 2 happened. Acts chapter 2 was the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They were filled with the Spirit of God. Here's what I know. When you get touched by the Spirit of God and you get filled with the Spirit of God, he gives you new eyes. You see things differently that you've never seen before. All of a sudden, you start noticing things that you've never noticed before. You start realizing things are, are not the way. It, it's the same situation, same circumstances, and same people, but you see them differently than you've ever seen them before. That's what the Holy Spirit does in our lives. Because what you need to realize is that while you're on your way, God will put people in your way. And he's been doing that for a long time. You just never noticed it. They've been in your path. That's been that coworker that you pray gets fired. God, let him get fired. Let him get fired. Let him get fired. Because he is so messing up your world. And you're like, oh, my God, please, please, please. But what you don't realize is God actually has that person there because they need something from you. Are, are y'all with me today? So what's happening is in this moment, Peter, it says, Peter and John looked at him intently. And Peter says to him, look at us. Now think about how crazy that was in that moment. Hey, look at me. Y'all, anybody got kids? Who's got kids? How many when you're talking to your kids and they're not looking at you? What do you say? Look at me. Look at me. And how many know, mama's in here, you can just look at your kids, and you already know if they did it or didn't do it. You know, you got that sense. Like, look at me. Oh, you did it. You're guilty. Yeah, you are. Yeah, you know. You know. They were, they were asking the man to look at them, to see them, because here's what you need to understand. If I can't see you, I'm not responsible for you. Y'all ever, like, um, been at an event where... Um, there was like a ton of cars and you're trying to like get out of traffic and maybe like you're in a, you're in a, um, you know, coming down a parking alley or whatever, and you're trying to get into the major flow of traffic, but there's like a bunch of cars. And so you're trying to like get someone's attention that can see you to let you in. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Like, you're like, Hey, Hey, right here, you know, waving out the window and they won't even look at you. They're like this. They're like this because they know as soon as they see you, they now are responsible to decide, am I going to be a jerk and not let you in, or am I going to be nice and go, come on. How many, how many, let's, who all does that in here? Come on. You're like, I didn't even see you. I didn't, I didn't see them there. They've been sitting there for 10 minutes honking at you. I didn't know what you're talking about. 
This is, listen, I pray, I pray, I pray that this is not the church. That we, every day, pass people who are trying to get our attention, who need our help, but we go, ah, I'm not going to see you. No, 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 I'm good. Because if we don't see them, then we don't have to deal with them. But how many know God will oftentimes put people in a divine intersection where you can't miss them? They, right here. God always does that for me in Walmart. I'm like going down an aisle, and then someone else comes down the aisle, and they're like, Pastor Josh. I'm like, oh. <laughs> and then it's always, you know, hey, this is what's going on. And realizing, like, okay, this is a moment. This is a moment. Like, I need to, I need to take advantage of this moment. God will put people in our ways, and we need to have the open, we need to open our eyes to see what's going on. Now, I think if Jesus was here personally, I think one of the things he would tell the church is, open your eyes. Like, open your eyes. We're, we, we're so narrow-focused. We're, we're so self-focused. It's the reason why when you look at the story of, of Jesus with the woman at the well, the Bible says is that the, that the disciples went into the city to go get lunch because they were starving. And Jesus stays back at the well. And then the woman comes to the well. Well, here's what people miss out when they, when they read this story. Where did the woman come from? She came from the city. Where did the disciples go? To the city. So guess who had to cross paths? But they were so focused on their food that they missed a moment to have with the woman. So Jesus talked with the woman. That's why the scripture says when the disciples came back, they were astounded that he was talking to this woman. First off, because it was a woman. You didn't do that in those days. Second off, it was a woman of a different race. You definitely don't do that in those days. But yet Jesus was trying to show them, hey guys, open your eyes. There's people all around here that need what we have. Open your eyes. This is what he says. Listen, open your eyes for the harvest is plentiful the labors are few. The harvest is white and ripe for harvest. There are people right now that need Jesus. And guess who Jesus puts as their boss, as their employee, as their coworker, as their teacher, as their medical professional, as their doctor, as their mom, as their dad, as their, guess what? He puts you because he loves them enough, but God is calling us to open our eyes. I was, um, a, a, Probably about a year ago or so, I was working out, and um, how many, like, when you're working out, like, you can't, like, you're just ready to just to die. Um, like, you're ready just to go, you're done, especially if you do a CrossFit workout, which I work out at CrossFit Box in Jennings, and it was one of those workouts where it's like, you're just ready, like, I'm just ready, I'm going to go to heaven right now, I'm just done, you know, I'm just, I'm finished. And when you're, like, in the middle of, like, a, an intense workout, like, you're not thinking about anything else other than, like, I'm just ready for this to be done. But while that was going on, you know, we're working out, I, could, I looked to the side, and I saw a girl that went to do a move, and then she threw the bar down, and I could tell, like, something happened. Um, like, she probably hurt herself or something. So <clears throat> I didn't see her. She, she walked away, and I'm still doing my workout. So we finished the workout, and I go, and I look in the back, and this girl's laying on her back. And you can tell, like, she's in, she's in some pain. She, she hurt herself. And so <clears throat> I, I'm, you know, getting ready to leave. I need to hurry up and go because I got work and all that stuff. And the Holy Spirit said, you need to go pray for her. And I was like, no, I'm good. Come on, that, yeah, that's your proud of your pastor. <laughs> no, I, 
pray for people. Why would I do that? <laughs> and I really, it's sad, but I had to kind of wrestle with the Lord on like, man, I really don't. Like, I got stuff to do. I need to hurry up and get home. I need to go do all this stuff. And y'all know the list of all the things that we need to go do. And so I'm giving, I'm giving God the list, and God's like, you need, to, you, you need to go pray for her. So finally, I was like, all right. So I, I walk in the back, and um, I, I really don't know this girl well. I, I know of her, but I don't, like, we don't have conversations. And I, so I walked over, and I said, hey, I said, um, I don't know if you're comfortable with this, but can I just, can I pray for you? And uh, she starts crying. And I'm like, I don't know, is that a yes or a no? I don't know what's going on. She's like, yeah, and so I, I just kneeled down, and I just pray for her, and, uh, and it was just, you know, just a simple prayer, God would touch her back and heal and all this stuff. I should have done Peter and John. I should have been like, get up, you know, <laughs> go work out again. <laughs> I didn't have that much faith. Um, I should have, and she was walking and leaping and praising God as she was, well, nobody does that doing CrossFit, so, um, so, so that was it. It was just, just kind of that. Uh, and, and I left, and thank you so much, and all this stuff. Well, that weekend, her and her, uh, her and her family show up to church on Sunday. They didn't come to our church before that, and uh, showed up to our church. And, um, and then the next weekend, her whole family and her husband came to church. And now we fast forward a year later. They're some of our best friends that we have. They've been through freedom with us together. She serves on our kids' team. He serves on our ushers' team. And God's using them in significant ways. And it all started from, hey, can you go pray for her? She's on the ground. What I'm saying is, here's, here's, here's what I want you to hear, though. I wish I could tell you that I don't have hundreds of other stories of where I didn't obey the Holy Spirit. But I have more times where I didn't do that than when I did do that. That's just a reminder to me of these are... These are divine moments that God has set up for us, and if we would just act on them and open our eyes to see the needs of people around us, what can God do if we would just be faithful to say, okay, God, I'll go do it? I, I want you to hear me. God is doing something in our city. We need to open our eyes to see people as he sees them. You see a coworker that you can't get along with. God sees someone who's really hurting. You see someone who's just angry all the time. God sees someone who needs them to accept him as their Lord so he can heal some of those areas of their heart. You see, y'all see what I'm saying? Like, you're, you see one thing. God sees a totally different thing. And so one of our things every Sunday is we need to pray, God, open up my eyes to see people as you see them. Like, when you walk into Walmart, when you walk into your school, when you walk into your job, like, God, give me eyes to see people as you see them. God, help me today in that. Let me give you the second thought today is not only do we need to open our eyes, but we also need to open our hands. So uh, one of the things you're going to notice with Peter is that when the, when the guy asked for money, Peter and John said, silver and gold we don't have, but what we have we'll give to you. If we got it, we're going to give it to you. And so then at that moment, Peter takes, it says that uh, Peter says in the name of Jesus, uh, Christ the, of the Nazarene, get up and walk. And then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. As he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. So let me, let me um, dive into this just a, a minute. First off, how many know Christians, like we're really good at giving God all the excuses of why we can't do something he's asking us to do? Like we're really good at. God's always challenging us to do things outside of our comfort zone. Here's how you know it's usually the Holy Spirit, because you don't want to do it. Can I just say that again? You usually know it's God 
because you don't want to do it. God will always push you outside of your comfort zone. God's best is always on the other side of your yes beyond your comfort zone. God is always going to push us that. And so here in this moment, notice Peter and John could have been like, hey, we don't have any money. Peace out. (laughs) But they said, you know what? No, we don't have silver and gold. And who knows if they did or didn't. But they said, hey, what we do have, we'll give it to you. What I have, I'm going to go ahead and give it. How many of you know, if we would just be people that say, God, I don't feel like I have a lot, but what I do have, it's all yours. God, I don't have all this, but God, what I do have, it's all yours. I don't have all the money I would like, but God, this is yours, so it's all yours. I don't, maybe don't have all the talent. Maybe I don't have all of the skills that I want to have. But God, how many know, if you're a spirit-filled person, God's given you everything you need to do that he's called you to do. He's given it all to you. All he's looking for you is for you to be willing. God does not use the most gifted. He uses the most willing. And oftentimes we tell God, I can't do this until I do this. Do y'all know this? Listen, do you know you know more of the Bible than the disciples did? Like, you know more about the Holy Spirit than the disciples did. Like, you know more about Jesus than the disciples did because you have an entire book that's given, that gives us all of those details and everything, and yet we're telling God we don't know enough, we don't have enough, and he's going, no, 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 listen, if you will just do this. Now, what they did have, though, is they did have Jesus. And I know this, can you heal yourself, yes or no? No. Can you heal a friend, yes or no? No. Can you fix your friend's marriage? Yes or no? No. Can Jesus? Absolutely. So what I have, I give you. I can't help you. I can't. I can't. Now, sometimes we can practically help, but oftentimes the greatest thing of what people need is not what they're asking for. Now, notice this. Watch this. The man had been paralyzed or been lame for majority of his life, and he did not ask for what he really needed. He just asked for what he wanted. What did he, what did he really need? He needed legs. Did he ask for new legs? No, what did he ask for? Money. Watch this. Ready? A lot of us are disappointed with God because God hasn't given us what we wanted. But maybe what you want is not what you really need. Maybe God is not giving you what you want because he knows that if he gives you what you want, it would not satisfy. If he just gave him money, he'd spend it and now need to beg for more. But if he gave him legs, guess what? Now he can go get a job and make his own money. Watch this. The same thing happens in our lives. Oftentimes we're asking God for certain things and he's not getting it and we get frustrated with God and you don't realize maybe I'm asking for the wrong thing. Maybe it's something else I should be asking for. Maybe instead of asking God to fix my marriage, maybe I should be asking God to fix me. Oh, wait, we don't want to ask for that one, though. Maybe instead of asking God for more money, maybe we should ask God, can you help me be wise with the money I currently have? Maybe there's things that are in our lives that we're asking for, because think about this. Peter did not focus on giving him spare change. Peter focused on giving him life change. Thank God for life change. Thank God for what he did in this moment. And watch this. We all know, well, let me ask this question. Could God have healed this lame man at any time? Yes or no? Yes. But he didn't until Peter stepped in. Now watch. The power was in Christ, but it was also in Peter's hand. Because watch what Peter does. Peter doesn't just go, okay, watch this. 3 p.m., they were on their way to where? Where were they on their way? To pray. They were on their way to the prayer service. 
3 p.m. on the way to the prayer service. He didn't come by the lame man. The lame man go, hey, you got some money? Sorry, silver and gold I don't have. But hey, guess what? I'll put you on the prayer request. I'm going to prayer. No, he doesn't. You know what he does? He says, you know what? What I do have, I'll give you. I know Jesus can heal your legs. And then, then he does this. Watch. And here's the biggest part. He doesn't go, I'm just praying for you. The Bible says, then Peter takes the lame man by the right hand and he helps him up. As he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. And that is my prayer that as a church, as an activated church, what, what, when people are down and out, we don't go, hey, I'll put you on the prayer request list. We go, no, listen, I'm going to be here with you and I'm going to give you my hand. I'm going to walk with you through this. We're going to help you. I'm not just going to pray for you. I'm going to help you because here's what I know. God doesn't do his part till I do my part. When I move, God moves, but God is often waiting for us to move and we're waiting for God to move. And God goes, you go first. You go first. Hey, because you know what? God's already gone first. He already went to the cross. He already rose from the dead. He already gave you the Holy Spirit. Now he's like, what else do you need? You got everything you need to do what God's called you to do. He's just asking us to step up and go first. And for Peter and John, they said, you know what? Here, here's my hand. You need help? You're hurting? Here's my hand. Here's my hand. I'm going to stay here. And notice that the layman had to grab his hand too. And they both together pulled themselves up. That is, by the way, the power of life groups. That is why we are constantly encouraging you to be involved and connected to people in your life. Because there's going to come a moment in your life where you're going to fall down and you're going to need someone to lift you up. Here's my hand. How many know there's times in your life where you don't feel strong? But that's the great thing. You can borrow other people's strength. There's times where you don't have faith, but you can borrow other people's faith. There's times where you can't do what you need to do, but you can borrow it. And how many know I'm so thankful for the men and the women in my life that have encouraged me, that have helped me, that have walked with me. How many know you can't, you can live alone, but you can't thrive alone. Can I get an amen from somebody in here? This is, so we got to open our hands. Got to open our eyes. Acts 3 verse 8 through 10 says he jumped up. He stood up on his feet and he began to walk. This man had never walked in his life. Think about this. This man had never walked in his life. And he was walking. Our, our son was in the hospital for 42 days and uh, was laying in a bed for the majority of that time. And we had to do weeks and weeks of physical therapy for him to get his leg strength back. We had to actually walk with him. Think about a guy who's never walked before, and all of a sudden he jumps up and he's walking. And he's not only walking. This, this thing said that undoubtedly white men can jump because he was walking and jumping and leaping and praising God. Um, he went into the temple with them. Of course, now he went into church. Man, let's go. All the people saw him walking. They heard him praising God. And when they realized he was the lame beggar, think about this, realized like, oh my God, look who this guy is. They had seen so often at the beautiful gate, they were absolutely astonished. Okay, which leads now to number three, and we're wrapping it all up. And that is that we open our eyes, we open our hands, and we open our mouth. Watch the next verse. Ready? Number three, open our mouth. Acts 3, verse 12. Everybody help me with this. Peter saw his what? Say it again. Peter saw his what? His opportunity. What opportunity are we talking about? This miracle was a setup for the real miracle. This was an awesome miracle. It's an incredible for the lame man. But God did this for the lame man, not just for the lame man, but for what he wanted to do next. Now watch. 
Peter saw his opportunity. He addresses the crowd that is all gathered around him. People of Israel, he says, why are you so surprised about this? And why are you staring at us as though like we had made this man walk by our own power and our own godliness? Notice Peter and John are not taking credit for this isn't about us. This isn't about us. Now they're going to redirect. For this is the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and the God of all of our ancestors who was brought glory to his servant. Who? Come on, all right, you're going to help me here. Who brought glory to his servant? Jesus by doing this. This is the same Jesus whom you have handed over and rejected before Pilate. Despite Pilate's decision to release him, you rejected this holy and righteous one and instead demanded the release of a murderer. You killed the author of the life, but God raised him up from the dead. And we are witnesses of this fact. Here we go. Through faith in the name of Jesus, this man was healed. And now, and know how crippled he was before. Faith in Jesus' name has healed him before our very eyes. Now, repent of your sins and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped away. Then times of refreshment will come from the presence of the Lord. Now watch. Ready? Some people work for the paycheck. And some people work for the weekend. I'm challenging us as a church to work for the question. What question? The question is, is how did this happen? How did this happen? How are you doing this? How, how, how are you walking through this? You get, you get news from, from the boss. Hey, everybody, uh, there may be some, some cuts happening in our business. And you're walking around not even phased by it. And people go, how are you doing that? You got a coworker that's talking smack about you and you don't engage in all of that and you just bless them and they go, how, why, why would you? Like, I pray that we would work in such a way, we would live in such a way that it's not for the weekend and it's not just for the paycheck, but it's for the opportunity that we have to share Christ with others. Listen, living like Christ does not remove you sharing Christ with others. It, it rather gives you the opportunity to do it. Like you and I every day have the opportunity. This miracle at this moment was a platform for Peter to share the greatest message on the planet. The greatest. So guess, this, guess what's going to happen tomorrow? Watch this. Ready? Tomorrow morning, somebody's going to go, what did you do this weekend? Guess what? You now have a platform to say, hey, listen, yeah, you know, I watched the LSU game. But you know what else I did? I went to church. I mean, let me tell you about my church. And guess what? They just set you up. They're like, oh, you shouldn't have asked me. <laughs> now you get an opportunity to share what Christ is doing in your life and all this. Listen, some people are not going to come to this church, but here's the beauty of this. You get to bring the church to them every day. You get to bring the church to their, your oil-filled platform. You get to bring the church to your school. You get to bring the church to your job. Like, like you get to bring Jesus everywhere that you go. And so I want you to understand that every day that you wake up, not just a Sunday where God gets to meet with you, but on Monday where you get to bring what happened here on Sunday to them on Monday. I, some people will never walk into this church, but it doesn't matter. You get to walk into them. You get to share it with them. I did a funeral this past week and uh, I, uh, a lady came up to me and she's like, man, She's like, I've really been wanting to come to y'all's church. I just have never been able to. I said, well, here's the great thing. The church is coming to you today. The church is coming to you today. 
Like, we're coming to you. Like, tomorrow morning, you get to wake up and you go, guess what, God? Today, I get to bring the kingdom of heaven wherever I go today. I get to walk into Walmart and be like, come on, bring it on. I pray somebody comes up to my cubicle this week. Because you know what? I, I, if, if someone's going through a bad day, great. You know what? I'm here. I'm going to get an opportunity to minister to them. Here's what happens. When you understand that you are now, what the Bible says in 2 Corinthians, ambassadors for Christ, that what God has done in your life, you now turn a boring, mundane, nine-to-five job into an opportunity every day to bring heaven to people. Every day you get an opportunity to bring. And here's the cool thing. If you will make it your mission to glorify Jesus as your primary motivation, you will turn your work into worship. See, when you think worship, you think of this. How I many know the Bible says you can be eating and worshiping? You can be working and worshiping. You can be serving and worshiping. You can be helping other people in worship. I, listen, the greatest worship that I think Christians can do is go be a good employee. I heard someone say, uh, I was, they were talking about a guy who made shoes, and they said, well, if you're a Christian, you should give cheap shoes. He says, no, because I'm a Christian, I make good shoes. I think Christians should be the most sought-after employees. You know why? Because they show up early, and they work hard, and they don't complain, and they give their best, and they stay late, and they are Jesus. Because how many know our boss is not our boss? Jesus is our boss, and we serve for him. We glorify him in everything that we do. This is how it is. So, hey, listen, if, you're, if your job stinks, oh, well, you're there, and your boss is not your boss. Jesus is your boss, so you're going to give it the best you can. If you're flipping burgers, you're flipping burgers for, the G, for Jesus. This is, all, this is a Jesus burger. A G, if, you're, if you're a coffee barista, you are not. You are like, it's like heavenly roasted beans right here for you. You're right, Melly. This is it. No matter what you do. Listen, God wants to redeem your Monday through Saturday. It's not spiritual on Sunday and then just the natural throughout the week. How many know God wants to bring the spiritual into all of your natural? What happens on Sunday should transform everything we do Monday through Saturday. At Ephesians chapter 5, when Jesus talks about, uh, when Paul talks about, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Do you know what the rest of Ephesians 5 and Ephesians 6 is all about? How to be a good husband. How to be a good wife. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. Uh, um masters and slaves he talks about well it's really about employees what is he saying to be filled with the holy spirit changes the way you're a father changes the way you're a mother changes the way that you're a son or a daughter changes the way that you're a boss changes the way that you're employees if you want to know if you're filled with the holy spirit watch how you treat people watch what god does in you so we come on a sunday to get recharged to get re-empowered but more importantly to go out to go back into this world and to be activated for christ because here's what you need to understand. The greatest miracles God wants to do will not happen in this room. They'll happen outside of it. They'll happen outside of it. And it's going to happen through you because God wants to do great things through you. Amen. Father, we pray right now in this place. If you're here in this place and Mondays have become mundane, you have looked at that through that lens. It's just kind of become a monotonous thing. I mean, you just want to, you, you just need a fresh touch of the Holy Spirit to come and give you a recharge and a faith and encouragement for your mundane weekly things. If that's you, would you just raise your hand all across this place? Say, man, that's just me. I know that's where I am. Father, right now, I pray for every person, Lord, that's just raising their hand, that's just maybe just going through the motions. 
But God, I thank you, Lord, that because we are followers of Christ, you can take the mundane, the simple, the, the things that nobody sees, the unseen, the tasks, the folding of laundry, the taking care of kids, the cooking, the, the work that we do, the answering of the phone calls. God, all the regular things that we do during the week. And God, we can do them now for your glory, where you're honored in all that we do. God, I pray today that you would refresh your people. I pray that you would encourage your people. I pray, God, that you would fill them with a new level of faith. God, those that are just walking through hard times right now, God, I pray, Lord, that you would be the God of all encouragement. I pray that you would send people around them, God, that would be just sources of encouragement and strength. God, we know that there's a lot of things that we face in this life that apart from you, God, we, we have no hope. But God, because of you, we have hope. So God, I pray that you would fill your people with hope today. God, I pray that you would encourage them. I pray that you would be with them. God, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for Jesus. Jesus, thank you, Lord, for coming and dying a death that we deserve to die. God, we thank you, Lord, that you took our place. You took our shame and you took our guilt. God, we thank you, Lord, that you modeled what it is to live this life. So God, we, we model our life after you. God, help us. We need you today. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen, amen.